Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start attracting them. And today, I have a fantastic guest for you. I'm so excited to even be in the same space as this girl. I was telling her before that I don't usually fangirl, but if I'm going to fangirl, it's going to be some thought leaders. And she is a thought leader beyond anything that you could ever imagine. I absolutely love her. She is the author of the best-selling book, The Audacity to Be Queen. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have the incredible Gina DeVee with me. Hello, Gina. Hey, it's so great to be here. It's so great to have you. I'm just so excited for people to get to know you and to hear more about your story. So thank you so much for being with us today. It is my great pleasure. Well, thank you. I feel like we have so many similarities just in our mannerisms and stuff, or maybe we're just building rapport. I don't know. Um, so just to kind of start at the beginning, one of the things I really like to talk about when it comes to, um, designing your dreams is that a lot of times what it is that we create for our businesses in our life is not at all what we thought we were going to be doing, right? Like when we graduated high school, nobody says, I want to be an empowerment coach or a dream design coach, right? So tell me a little bit kind of about the trajectory of how you got from there to here. Yes. Well, I mean, look at when I was in high school, the internet didn't exist. So there was no way that um, the industry that I'm in or the way that I'm living and doing life um, that I could have even dreamed it up. And I think that when you just really follow your passions, you know, one chapter in your life will lead to the next will lead to the next. And at a certain point, you realize, oh, that is disjointed as they might have seemed or as opposite. You know, I spent my early 20s in Washington, D.C., and I was at the White House, the Supreme Court, then Harvard's Institute of Politics. That doesn't seem like it has anything to do with having a master's degree in clinical psychology and being a therapist to now being the owner of Divine Living, which is, you know, a women's empowerment and lifestyle brand. But all of the through lines absolutely make sense today. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, when I was passionate about Washington politics and when I was passionate about psychotherapy and then when I was passionate about entrepreneurialism, they all came together in a way that I could never have imagined when I was starting out. Sorry, I always mute in between just so in case a kid pops in, like there's no like crisis or anything. So there's a little bit of a delay there. Um, I love that. And I have to say that the message in your book is so empowering for me because, you know, I'm one of those women. I don't really fit into a box of like, you know, like I'm oppressed or this happened to me. Like I'm very much in in alignment with the idea that I create my own reality. Right. So whenever somebody is trying to like apologize away the reasons why I haven't hit my goals, I'm really quick to be like, actually, that's on me. Right. Like that's me. And so having that in your book and, and being someone who's so empowered to be like, yeah, like I create my reality and here are some of the best practices that I've used to get to where I want to go. I just think that that is such a unique and fresh mess, fresh message for women because they're so used to that apologetics of like, this is why you can't get ahead. Here's mm -hmm. all the reasons why you should be competing with your husband. Here's all the reasons why, you know, you need to, you know, do, do more because you need to overcompensate. And it's like, that's not the case. And so it's so refreshing to have, you know, a conversation like the one that you have in your book and the one that you have in, in your brand um, as a whole. So thank you for that. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. 
Absolutely. Um, okay, so my next question for you is regarding mindset. So obviously your mindset has shifted dramatically from the time that you you know, started your business and kind of evolved into where you were to where you are now. And I would love for you to share maybe some tidbits about things that maybe shifted for you or changed or ways that you thought things were and then it actually turned out they were a different way. I love stories like that. Sure, sure. Well, um, I think my mindset has shifted since this morning. <laughs> like, it's just an ongoing journey and process. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in a way that I didn't challenge a lot of what I was being told. And that serves and it doesn't serve. You know, I wasn't rebellious by nature. So I was able to absorb great teachings and teachings that were in alignment with me and like, use them and receive them and have them work for good. But the flip side of that is I didn't challenge things that didn't seem right to me or weren't in alignment with me. And I just took them on as fact rather than other people's opinions. So when I started studying wealth consciousness, entrepreneurialism, you know, getting deeper into neuroscience, personal development, I was never, ever, ever, ever told that I can be, do, and have everything I desire. I was never told that there's more than enough money in the world for everyone. I was never told, I never heard there's more than enough clients. There's more than enough time, like all of the resources. And when I heard these things, like my soul exploded, I was like, it made so much sense. Um, I was never told that um, we're all meant to be wealthy and that unless you are wealthy, you're not going to live a really fulfilled life. Like I was just taught like money doesn't buy happiness. You're not supposed to focus on money. And, and yet it was like one of the big things that was keeping me from living the life of my dreams. And later I realized it wasn't actually money, but it was my lack of consciousness around it that then got me the lack that was a bit of a vicious cycle. So you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So when I started to think bigger around money, then I started to think bigger around all of the different areas of my life. And I started getting out of that black or white, either or mentality and thinking more in terms of and and taking a stand for the and. So um, it's been an evolution. It still is. I'm still learning. And I think that, you know, as we all know ourselves more and become more conscious, that's where we have the power to change something. You know, when I was unconscious to these beliefs, I didn't know that I could change them because I didn't even know they were there. I thought they were just facts that I had to live with. That's such a great way to say it. And I don't think I've ever really heard it put that way, but it makes perfect sense, right? Like we live in the, the, the map, the territory that we, that we grow up in. And then all of a sudden one day we're like, wait a second, you mean that's not actually how it is? Like there's, there's more beyond this. And and I think that's really kind of where, you know, my work comes in is really that these people that are stumbling around and they're like, okay, I don't know what I'm here for, or what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, hi, that's me. I'm going to show you how to get into what it is that you're really here to do, because that's all written on you already. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so powerful that you share that message because, because, you know, because you're in a position where you've been successful and you've done a lot of things, there are a lot of people that are really likely to listen to that from you because you kind of know what you're talking about. Right. And I think a lot of people, when they get to your level, 
they stop having these conversations. It's like, they're afraid that somehow people are going to climb up under them and pull them down. And it's like, mm. but if you espouse what it is that you use to get there, you would know that. And it's like, people almost seem to forget that at a certain level. So I think it's really refreshing that you still, you know, hold those truths and that you share them from where you are. Cause a lot of people just don't seem to, a lot of people feel like once they get there, they're like, Oh yeah. And you know, I did this and I did that. And it's like, okay, but like, let's talk about some of that mindset and some of like what that, you know, perseverance was like to get there. So and I already forgot what my next question is. Cause I'm trying really hard to stay on topic. Um, I have so many things I could ask you, but um, okay. So what do you feel in terms of the work that you do, um, you have a program coming up and I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, it's called own your throne. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that program? Sure. Sure. Well, the, my book is called the audacity to be queen and the queen in that title is really the foundation of my life's work. And that is the ancient true story of Queen Esther of Persia. So Christians know the story from the Bible. Jews know the story from Purim. For everyone else, it's a Cinderella story that's, um, you know, really about the most unlikely candidate being put in the position of queen to really serve on behalf of her people. And I won't like give all the spoilers away. You can read it in chapter four in my book. Um, but the whole foundation of the queen work is understanding that there's a uniqueness inside each and every one of us that God sees that God has created. And the most famous quote in the whole story is Esther, for such a time as this, you've been called into royalty so that you could save your people. And just in case someone has no idea what I'm talking about, this Jewish orphan girl, unbeknownst to a king, ended up being selected to be the queen of Persia. And there was a law issued to kill all the Jews in the land. And so she had to go and risk her life, expose who she was and plead for the safety of her people. And she did. And she, you know, at the beginning she was saying like, no, 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 I can't, I can't go, I can't do this. And I think that so many times we don't realize how empowered we already are, that we all have our uniqueness, we all have our calling, and that only from the position of queen can you really give of your gifts and your talent and, and make the contribution that literally only you can make. So um, my life's work has really been about that story. The audacity to be queen is largely based on that story. And then I now work with women globally in um, different, there's three different modalities of own your throne. I have a virtual class, I have a standalone three-day retreat, and then I have a year-long mastermind. And it's just depending on which level uh, women want to come in and play at, it's really looking at how can we own our throne, own our power, really be in alignment with who we are and not give our power away and instead give ourselves self-permission to live the lives that we're destined to live. And so that's what Own Your Throne is about. That sounds amazing. I'm like, oh, let me go check that out. And it's funny, I did not, when I got up this morning, think that Gina DeVee would be reading the Megillah on my podcast, but here we are. 
I'm an honorary member of the tribe. People just don't realize it. No, it's totally fine. And at the end of the day, we're all part of the collective consciousness anyway. And that's a tribe in and of itself. But yes, I am. I am a member of that particular tribe. So I'm like, oh, she's doing this. Okay, this is cool. This is cool. Um, I love that. Yeah. And I, and I think that, I think another really unique thing, and I, I forgive me if I just sit here and sing your praises, because I, I mean, there's a reason why I wanted you to come on the show. I really loved your book, and I really love your energy. And so if I seem a little gushy, I'm trying, trying to hold back. Um, but I think that one of the things that's really powerful about the way you teach, and, and quite frankly, that's inspired me in my work, you meet people where they are. You know, you don't look at it from like, hey, I'm over here on my throne. I mean, for lack of a better word. And you're down here and you've got all these problems. And let me look down at you and tell you all the ways that you're not doing it correctly. You understand the divinity, right? The, you know, the divine living that is inside of everyone. And you speak to them on that level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really refreshing too, because a lot of people, I mean, even in the coaching space, I know people who make, you know, have million dollar months and they're so freaking condescending as if like mm-hmm. they dropped down on this cloud and figured it all out and everybody else is just peasants. And by the way, if you see me scratch my nose, it's because source comes into the room and it's like, you have things to say. So it's not that I'm picking my nose. I just, for some reason, every time I go live, I feel like I have to scratch my nose. Um, but that being said, like, I think it's really powerful to meet people where they are and to acknowledge that queen that's inside everybody. And it's like, there is no queen of the world. There's mm-hmm. the queen of a country. And even the other day, there was like a state dinner between South Africa and, you know, um, the, the uh, what do you call it? The crown in, in England. I'm, it's escaping me. And they're peers, right? Like, it's like, I'm the queen of my land and you're the queen of your land. And it doesn't mean that I'm the supreme queen. I'm not the queen of queens. Mm-hmm. I'm the queen of who I am. And I, I think that that's a really refreshing message. A lot of people get turned away from professional development because people are so condescending and so holier than thou and I love that you just meet people where they are and I think that this whether it's the retreat or you know the um the online part or the mastermind I think is going to be really really powerful for those that decide to undertake it so thank Thank you you. yeah absolutely I'm like oh my goodness I'm just so um you know it's I don't know I'm at a loss for words and that doesn't happen. I'm usually, I'm usually kind of a chatterbox. So um, when it comes to the mindset conversation, mm-hmm. what do you feel? And you may have already kind of touched on this, but let's just go even deeper. Like, what do you feel is missing from, you know, the, the, the message that most people get in terms of like what they have to do to get to where they need to go? And where's that shift happen when you become an empowered woman? Mm-hmm. Great question. So mindset combined with feelings and not feelings of the past and feelings of trigger, but like feeling passionate about something or not feeling passionate about something. I think that in our modern society and our busyness, we've gotten into the habit of thinking our feelings rather than really feeling them or society has made women like us wrong or crazy or too emotional or too sensitive when we're like, I'm not really feeling that. Or like, I'm really feeling this if it's not combined with logic and a linear approach. And so God 
is not predictable and is not logical or linear and neither is the feminine energy within us, which is connected with spirit. So if we pay more attention to what feels good rather than just what's responsible or logical or linear, we are going to be following more divinely guided instincts and we're going to learn to trust those feelings, basically our intuition, a lot more that's going to guide us to the place that we're meant to be. And so I think that in mindset and big thinking, like that stuff is great, but also getting out of just doing things because we can and really leaning into, I want to, I want to feel spiritually guided. Like I don't, you know, I've been having conversations for the past couple of years with myself and God and like saying, if, if I'm coming up with all the ideas and all this stuff, like, what do I need you for? You know, it's like, I like, I don't want it to be of me. Like I want the divine to inspire me and come through me and guide me in ways that I couldn't think up or that I wouldn't know that Gina in herself wouldn't normally do. And it takes um, sensitivity to, you know, to really hear these messages because they start out as like really faint little whispers. It's like a wisp of a notion will float past you. And if we're too busy and, and have too much going on, we're going to miss it. But sometimes the slower we go and the more we're listening and if we really have a heart of, you know, I want more of what God wants for me than what I want for me. We know that we're going to end up in a much better place. Yeah, that's really well said. And I think I would even add to that, if I may, that what we want for us is often what God wants for us because, you know, God already has everything or, you know, God, source, universe, however you choose to think of it out there. Um, I tend to use inclusive language in that way. But there's this concept that it already, whatever they is, already has everything. Mm -hmm. And so the only way to receive is through us. And so the desires of our heart are actually the desires of the heart of the creator. So when I always say like your yes. dreams are your job, like you think that it's just something that, you know, you're like, yeah, I could do that. But it's like, if you have a passion burning inside you for that, it's because there is a wholeness that you're here to create. And that's part of the story or it wouldn't light you up. It's like this whole incentive programming system that we just don't really think about because we're made to feel, especially women, we're made to feel wrong. Like, who are you to want this? You should just want to stay home with your kids. And, you know, especially being someone like me who has, you know, pretty conservative values. And at the same time, I am not domestic in any way, shape or fashion. I have five small children and my husband is the stay at home dad, right? Like he's the one who takes care of the kids and I bring home the kosher bacon. And like, mm -hmm. that's the way that we like it. But it doesn't mean that it negates the fact that I love my kids or that I care, you know, that I care about the way that they're reared and things like that. And so I think really we're seeing a new dimension of challenging everything that we, like you said, things we grew up thinking were the truth or were reality. I mean, mm -hmm. something as simple as we used to be told, well, you can't, you know, you can regrow a limb, but you can't regrow tooth enamel. And then someone was like, actually you can, but they don't want you to know that because then you won't go get root canals. And it's like, all of a sudden your mind is completely blown about, you know, all of these different things. So I, yeah, I completely agree with that. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, you're like, okay, I mean, you're a little out there for us. 
No, no, I, I, I firmly believe everything that, that you've said and shared. And it's, um, you know, we are so powerful. And when we tap into literally the unlimited nature of God and the universe, you know, if all things are possible, then all things are possible. Right, right, exactly. It can't be or like it, it's like either it is or it isn't. And that's one of those places where that duality really comes into play. So I have an interesting question for you. Um, there are a lot of folks out there that are watching that may not be in a good financial position. You know, maybe their bills are piling up. Um, I know, you know, your history and where you came from, you certainly have an incredible comeback history. I'd love for you to chat about that a second. Um, but what I want to know is for those who are kind of looking at this, like, oh, that's easy for them to say, you know, they've had these successful businesses and whatever, like, what is your advice for somebody who's like really in the molasses right now? Who's mm -hmm. like, how am I ever, I can't even stop thinking about how painful this is to make these changes because I'm just in this panic phase. Can you maybe go back there and, and share some of how you got out of that? Sure. Sure. The first thing is stop looking at the bills or the debt or thinking about when things are due. I'm not saying to be oblivious. I'm just saying that if our thoughts create our reality and we're in a stressed out way, looking at bills that are, you know, not going to get paid, then we're going to have more of that reality. And that was a vicious cycle that I was in for so, so long, like all of my twenties and into my thirties, and I ended up racking up $75,000 worth of debt, living on $2,000 a month. Um, always, you know, would like work, work, work to like make $2,000 a month and was always at zero and was at the same place again over and over. So the first thing is you've got to change your focus. You can't focus on lack and create abundance. But you got to focus on what it is you're looking to create. So if it's a new job that you want or an extra job, there is no shame in a gap job. There's no shame in an extra job. When I was a, a psychotherapist, I had a master's degree in clinical psychology, but I was just starting out. So I literally was a therapist by day and I would go bust tables at Morton Steakhouse at night just to create a little extra cash. Um, and when the student is ready, the teacher appears, you know, if you are think that your bills are just mounting and they're too high or it's too impossible, or you feel too defeated because once again, there's a negative $363 in the bank account, or once again, you're not going to have the holiday season that you wanted to have because the money's not there. I have been through all of it. I have made almost every mistake with money you could possibly make, which is why I know the struggle. I know the survive mode. I know the waking up and it just feels like the sky is falling. I know what it is to wake up and every day say, how can I get a client today? Or how can I make money today? And if you're not in that dire straits, or, you know, it's, it's a, it's a mentality that you live in. And the next thing I would say, other than changing your focus read, absorb, and listen. Listen to podcasts like this one and others. Read books like mine that talk about the overcoming. I get really personal and really specific. I, I talk about the tax lien that I had. I, I like all of it. And part of what was so frustrating for me around money 
was that it was never talked about in the environment that I was in, but like you were just supposed to always be good at it or have it or know what to do with it or save it or how to invest it. But yet I was given all these other things like, but if you have money, you're supposed to give it away to help others. And there was just all these impossible messages that I got. And I just want to leave you with you deserve to have an abundance of money. You deserve to be wealthy. You deserve to have money be a tool that funds your dreams. And money is a renewable resource. So no matter where you're at or what you did in the past or what didn't work out in the past, stop focusing on the past and focus on how are you being divinely guided and how are you meant to make the money that is going to be connected to your contribution in the world and let it be an exciting adventure. It's fun to read books uh, of overcoming. It's fun to listen to podcasts and learn about other people's stories that sold their car, lived on a friend's couch. Like, like the stories go on and on. And, you know, I didn't feel like it at the time, but I'm so grateful that I wasn't always given money or grew up with it in an extra abundance because yeah. that's what had me learn how to create it. And even if I were to lose money today, I wouldn't be worried and I wouldn't have that dark pit in my stomach because I know how to make it again. So money is like pasta. Everyone can learn to make it. Oh my God. I love that. Was that off the book? I don't remember that in the book. I don't think so. I think that was special just for you, Amy Lee. Oh, well, I am, I am going to take it to heart mm -hmm. because that is money is like pasta. Everyone can make it. That is so good. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. That is, oh, you're just such a delight. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So quick question for you. You have like a, like a fun thing, like a freebie type thing on your website that you wanted to tell us about. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you can get my book if you like. You can go to divineliving.com forward slash book or get it on Amazon, wherever books are sold globally. Um, and whether or not you get the book, you can get the free companion course to my book, which is divineliving.com forward slash audacity. And if you get that, then you're going to get videos and workbooks and a real flavor of it, or it'll be a companion guide that goes along with the book if you do get the book. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I didn't know about that. And I've read this twice. So I'll wow. be downloading that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Gina, it has been such a pleasure having you. I I mean, I really appreciate you taking time out. You know, it's it's not about how cool you are so much as it's about the fact that you've got a lot going on, right? You share so much of yourself and there's so many people that want a piece of you. And I just, I just really chalk it up to you know, the gratitude of the universe that I got to be one of those people to have one of those pieces today. So thank you so much for that. My great pleasure. It was such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. And uh, until we meet again. Absolutely. And that will do it for this episode of the Dream Design Podcast. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Oh.